of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Oh, dear friends, hope is a fragile thing, isn't it? Uh, sometimes we use it in even kind of careless ways, though, don't we? We say, well, I hope there will be good weather tomorrow. Or I, I hope my wife likes the, the present that I got for her. I, I hope that, you know, it will be a good year. But when you and I are, are talking about hope, aren't we really talking about something far more important? We're talking, yes, about that little spark, aren't we? That little something that can get us through tomorrow. That little bit of extra that makes me want to get up in the morning. And the fact of the matter is, I believe we're talking about the Holy Spirit, actually, aren't we? Yes, we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we teach that Holy Spirit came to you as a tiny little infant. You had no control over that. Your mom, your dad, your, your grandpa, your grandma brought you into the church. Maybe you were there at the baptismal font with your little arms and legs swinging wildly and screaming at the top of your voice. And the pastor laid upon you that water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we believe that that's where the Holy Spirit connected with you. The Holy Spirit came to live within your little heart. Now, certainly for someone here today, maybe you were baptized at a, a little bit older age. Maybe, you know, in your teens even, the Holy Spirit then came to you at that point. But I think the reason that we as Lutherans love to bring the little babies in is because it really shows God chose you. You didn't even have a say in the matter. God put it upon the hearts of other people to care about your spiritual condition so much they would bring you to the church. God loves you that much. That he works through other people to give you life and to give you hope, and to give to you a purpose. Well, then you, you began to grow in years. You began to uh, attend Sunday school. Again, God worked through the Sunday school teachers, didn't he? To give to you that hope, to give to you that, that joy that's found in Christ. To share with you that your sins too can be forgiven. And now, certainly as a, a young person, you know, your, your sins were probably not that grave if, if we make a scale. 
But you understood when, when you, you lied to your mom about who broke the plate that that sin could be forgiven. They could be washed clean again because you had read in the Holy Scriptures the liar will not inherit the kingdom of heaven and maybe with fear and trembling you went to confess about the broken plate. And you heard those words of forgiveness that Jesus loves you so very much. He sent his one and only son to die upon a cross so your sin could be forgiven. From there, perhaps, you have a friend, a, a loved one, that fell into sin. And I, I believe I probably shared with, with you the, the congregation, you know, for, for me and my family, I have an uncle that fell into sin. As a, a younger man, you know, he was in the ROTC programs, you know, and, and you can see him in little pictures in his Marine Corps uniform as, you know, he was like preparing for, you know, the armed forces and what, whatever happened that fell by the wayside. And he actually joined the, the Hells Angels motorcycle gang. And so he you know, had the, the, the long hair and the loud motorcycle and the leather jacket, you know, but it, it wasn't just for him those outward details, but he actually led that kind of a life. And he shared with me that he probably has taken every drug that has ever been made. Hey, my, my uncle fell so far at one time he was riding his motorcycle by a country and western bar and he shot the fella in the leg because he was wearing a cowboy hat and getting ready to go into the country and western bar. Well, of course, he went to jail for that, right? You know, he didn't just get away with it. But... That's where some of our loved ones wind up. It's just the, the, the facts of life, isn't it? But dear friends, our Lord, he also talks about something far more serious than just the broken plate, doesn't he? For as we are going through Lent, as we're beginning, we're going to come to that very specific scene where Jesus hangs upon the cross between two thieves. And one of the thieves is even mocking Jesus as he hangs there. And the other thief somehow receives that gift of the Holy Spirit. And there hanging upon the cross in the greatest pain imaginable, he rebukes the other man, he confesses, as for you and I, we deserve what we're getting. Okay, now imagine that. You're dying one of the most horrific deaths imaginable, and you're able to say, I am getting what I deserve. What, what kind of sin must have been in that man's life? 
I'm getting what I deserve. But, he goes on, as for this man, he has done nothing wrong. He's able to confess with his mouth at the end of his life that Jesus is the Christ. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Dear friends, that, that man received a message of consolation, didn't he? It wasn't just, hey, you know, I'm glad you're ready to turn over a, a new leaf. Now you better shape up and build some hospitals in China. Now he receives the message today, you will be with me in paradise. Your sins are forgiven. And dear friends, what an incredible revelation that becomes. If your sin has become something more than simply breaking the plate and lying to your mom about it, you too can have that reconciliation. You too can enter into God's forgiveness. You too can wake up tomorrow morning, yes, forgiven and pure and holy in God's eyes. You don't even have to walk around for the rest of your life punishing yourself. You can have that free forgiveness right now. That's hope, isn't it? No matter what I did yesterday, no matter what my thoughts might have been, no matter what the failings that have occurred, I can be new again. I can start the day fresh. And my Lord and Savior, I can have that spark of hope. It's going to be okay. Jesus loves me. He forgives me. I can move forward in confidence that my sins are completely dealt with. You know, maybe that's another mistake that we sometimes make as Christians is we say, well, I'm sure glad Jesus made the down payment on the cross. Do we sometimes do that? Yeah, I think we do. You know, you're, you're going out to, to buy that, that used car, that brand new car, whatever, you know, and, and while I got together the money, I came up with the down payment, and now I can drive the car off the lot, and all I have to do is pay a little bit every month for 70 or 80 months, though. And it'll be okay. I think sometimes we live like that, don't we? I had this sin, I broke the, the, the plate, I took every drug imaginable. That's kind of the scale, isn't it? And now Jesus made the down payment. Ah, you know, he paid down like, you know, 10%. And I certainly thank Jesus for that, but now somehow I have to make up the other 90%, right? 
And so I can do some stuff and I can punish myself and I can put a sour expression on my face and oh, I can never have fun again because, you know, this horrible thing I did. And I can go through life that way, never living under God's forgiveness because I have to earn the 80 or 90%, right? Sometimes we live that way. But dear friends, I have a message for you once again today. Jesus paid for it all. There's no longer monthly payments that you have to deposit. There's no longer something you have to go out and do to earn that forgiveness. But, you know, the other side of the coin is... With that love and forgiveness filling your heart, now you kind of want to do it, don't you? And you're not doing it to try to earn something. You're doing it because now, with the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you became the tool in God's hand in that situation. You know, a perfect example, you know, Bill Johnson sharing his gift with us at the beginning of the service today. He does it for free. Now, there's not, you know, some, some big check written in the background. And he does it because he loves to share the truth of God's word with you through his talent. And I could take the time, probably, and I could point to every one of you today. And we could talk about how you all have shared your talents with the church through the, the past month, through the past five years since I've been here. Becoming that instrument of God's mercy. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Not that we're somehow trying to earn our way. Not that somehow we have to make a deposit every month. Not that somehow it becomes this kind of drudgery, this kind of grind as I try to pay my debt. But rather, because the Lord loved me so much, now I want to show his love to others. Dear friends, that is the hope that we have found. That it's not up to me, it's up to God. And it's not about what I'm doing, it's about what God is doing. And it's not about me paying back my debt, but rather about God paying everything for me. Dear friends, that is how much Jesus loves you. And that's how much he loves your families. That's how much he loves you, your friends, your neighbors, your moms, your dads, your grandmas, your grandpas, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your nephews, your nieces. He loves you that much. No matter that you just broke the plate, or you shot someone else in the leg because you didn't like the way they were dressed. His forgiveness is there 
for everyone. He longs for you like that thief on the cross, even at the last minute of your life, to be able to proclaim, Jesus is the Messiah. This man has done nothing wrong, and yet he dies for us. And the Lord longs to be able to respond to each of our loved ones with that same message. Your sins are forgiven. You will be with me in paradise. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>